friends, welcome back to another episode of Guidance with Gap. Today I had the pleasure of speaking with Summer Huntington, who is the founder of Steel Mace Vinyasa, as well as uh, Flo Shallow, which is a movement studio in Washington. She is so down to earth and easy to talk to, really good at explaining everything and going back into the history of yoga poses and all that fun stuff. Um, we talk a lot about what steel mace vinyasa really is because going into it, I didn't even know what it was. Um, and it was really cool learning the backstory of a lot of the poses that I'm even teaching in my classes. It's definitely a learning experience for me. Um, we also talk about some yoga business stuff, which is awesome. If you are, you know, interested in any type of business, to be honest. Um, and one of my favorite topics was talking about the chakras and the little flows that she has. She has um, each week at her studio, she does a chakra and we kind of break down how one would look different from the other and how that experience goes. She's also a badass, uh, hosting a bunch of different retreats in some dope ass places. So I hope you guys tune in and enjoy it as much as I did. So welcome. Today we have Summer Huntington, the founder of Steel Mace Vinyasa, which is Asana Training Systems and the owner of Flow Shala, a, mov a movement studio that focuses on steel mace, mobility, flow, and hit trainings. So welcome. Thank you. It's so good to be here. I'm excited to talk all the things flow with you. <laughs> oh yeah, let's get flowy. <laughs> um, so to just start people off with the basics, what is Steel Mace? Sure. Steel Mace Vinyasa is a system that I founded in 2017, and it's actually the second loaded asana conditioning system that I created. I created another system in 2011 called Kinesiology Yoga, and where we were using these like three and five pound, imagine like a little tiny baseball bat and taking a yoga flow with this little bat in your hand, kind of moving mm -hmm. through the asana and moving through the transitions with a light load different than like yoga sculpt where you're using a dumbbell. So mm -hmm. steel mace vinyasa is a very specific conditioning system designed with a steel mace. And the steel mace is derived from an ancient weapon called the gada. If you look in Indian history and in Persian history, you see a lot of the Hindu deities wielding these large gada tools that look kind of like a club or a like a weapon of some kind. Mm -hmm. And so this is truly bringing back the original uh, weaponry that was involved in yoga that a lot of yogis don't really know about. So I have a performance background. I have a master's in kinesiology. And so I had been studying clubs for quite a while with my coach, who's a master co flow coach. And I was doing my 200 hour and then my 500 hour yoga teacher training. And I had private clients. So I was like strictly private coaching, um, you know, one-on-ones, private training, private yoga. And I started to kind of merging the two together. And yeah, Steel Mace Vinyasa has been a continually, continually evolving system uh, that I love to just teach everyday people that are not necessarily yogis, although yogis mm -hmm. love it too. Uh, but yeah, it's basically cross training meets yoga with clubs and ancient weaponry. I love it. I, as a yoga instructor, I didn't even know about the clubs and like the history of all of that. I think a lot of times that gets a little left out um, from the training. It's very much like the poses, how to get people into them, alignment and stuff like that. Um, so it's super cool. I love uh, that you went back and drew something from history and kind of brought it to present day because that's that's really where we came from. That's honoring our past, honoring our ancestors. 
how did you first kind of come up with this idea? Was it already introduced to you or you just kind of one day were like, I'm going to create this whole new vinyasa flow? Great question. So when I was about 22 years old, I was a nanny for a family and Ooh. I happened to, the universe brought me <laughs> coincidentally to this person who was a very influential martial artist and flow coach. And they founded um, this, they patented this device called the Club Bell. And now the Club Bell is sold all around the world by different manufacturers. But back then, this is like 16, 17 years ago, this was the only company that had a club, a club bell. And mm -hmm. so that's like a name brand. Now people call them steel, steel clubs. Um, but I was really fortunate to be able to like nanny for this family. And then they mm -hmm. asked me the husband who is the flow coach, my coach, uh, Scott Sonnen, you can look up Scott Sonnen, S-O-N-N-O-N. -N -N. Um, he invited me to be a model for his uh, I'm going to date myself here for his, <laughs> his club and steel club and or his club bell encyclopedia DVD. Oh, wow. And so I was like a model and I got coached by Scott to like learn all these weird movements I had never seen before. And I was doing like side swings and all these rhythmic exercises with these mini clubs, these like five pound clubs. So uh, long story short, I started coming to his seminars and people would fly in from all around the world. There was high level faculty coaches there. Um, the founder of Gold Medal Bodies uh, was there, Ryan Hurst. Um, I've met a lot of uh, really amazing coaches through that community. And then I became a director for um, Club o Yoga. So I founded Club o Yoga, which is also kinesiology yoga, the non, the generic name versus like the brand name, because people don't always mm -hmm. know what a club is. Uh, so I worked for them for, was a, contra or a contractor and director, global director for seven years before I founded Flow Shala. And so I was, yeah, traveling. I, I produced all my own seminars. I would get invited overseas to teach this in faraway places like Spain and Budapest and London and Australia. So I've literally been all around the world teaching this stuff. And yeah, after a while, I was like, you know what? I think I need to create another system because the steel mace is now a popularized tool. So then I started seeing steel mace and there was all these like flow artists and they're male. So like up until then, I hadn't ever seen anybody doing loaded asana conditioning with any sort of tool, especially yeah. mace. Mace were not common uh, when I first started seeing it back in 2015 and so i reached out to some of these people i would see on instagram and was like oh my gosh like we got to talk we're doing the same thing and so it kind of was this synergy of learning about the mace and how it's how it differs from the club and it's just been this whole journey and there's so much history too about clubs and gata and mace yeah so that's it's kind of this never-ending uh personal growth <laughs> hero's journey that i'm on to keep keep learning and mastering this this tool yeah, I love that it's almost like uh, following your path as well. Like the more that the business is growing and the more that this little flow is evolving, you are too. It's like a nice little trail. I love it. Um, what was I going to ask? I don't know where the question went. It was, oh, I was going to say, is it similar to fit classes? Because I know that a lot of studios down here in Florida, we have a lot of weighted classes um, where they're just incorporating dumbbells and pretty much that's it into a yoga class. So would it be kind of similar to that? Great question. So a lot of people kind of think that yoga sculpt and steel mace vinyasa are the same. They are absolutely 100% different because gotcha. bells are conventional and steel mace mm -hmm. and weaponry training is unconventional. And if you look at the apparatus, when you hold a dumbbell, you basically make a hook with your fingers and you don't really have to engage much. You can just like hook it and kind of swing weight around. 
and you're doing mm -hmm. these conventional like, bicep curls and tricep things and all this stuff. The movements in steel mace vinyasa are derived from martial arts and from the actual classical club swinging exercises like 360 swings, drop swings, single-handed mills. If you don't know these terminology, go to my YouTube, <laughs> Summer Huntington, and I've got tons of tutorials on this stuff. Uh, but it's really about moving a uh, object through space, so proprioception, and we're we're wielding it like a weapon because this tool was derived from ancient warriors as a tool to prepare them for battle. Right. And so we are conjuring up these similar movements where warriors use these to actually train to protect their family and their village. So we're taking these moves like uppercut lunge or lateral lunge or Shaolin wrist control, you know, all these movements that actually were conditioning the warrior to be able to fight and protect, protect their livelihood. And so, yeah, something kind of happens and shifts when you get a mace in your hands that I mm -hmm. definitely don't think happens when you get a little pink dumbbell in your hands. Yeah. <laughs> you kind of feel like a badass and there's just so much more complexity in it too. So they're they're really night and day different. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely intrigued. I want to try it for sure because yesterday, last night, I went to my first kickboxing class and I've, I've always been an athlete. Um, and then I came down here and I became like, you know, the more Zen yoga instructor and being in the class just fired up that that like warrior you know that warrior energy of like i feel good in here i feel fired up and to have a space where you could combine the warrior energy and the yoga energy and just be this like flowing badass sounds awesome <laughs> yeah it's it pretty addictive so watch out <laughs> yeah yeah um is that kind of what what you're well, teaching besides just like the flow yeah that's definitely a piece of it, I think that kind of comes later. So when you look at it from like a yoga perspective, if you're used to going to a yoga asana class, you generally move through poses with breath. And mm -hmm. you're holding these shapes that require a certain amount of stability and a certain amount of flexibility. You've got your power poses that are standing on two feet, you know, think of all your warrior poses, which most yogis don't know are actually derived from actual warriors that train for mm -hmm. battle. Like having your hands overhead is actually to hold, we hold a mace overhead and it's actually to protect mm -hmm. your skull from a sword flying into your into your crown of head. And so wow. the hands being up like that, there used to be something in the hands. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, anyway. so we, we basically look at, okay, OG yoga is just gonna take us through asana. It's gonna be great. And from a performance standpoint, it's great for peace, like parasympathetic nervous system, increasing breath control and getting relaxed and then getting more mobile and more flexible. Whereas mm -hmm. steel mace and yasa complements the yoga practice because it's more of a moderate to high intensity cross training day, which really incorporates a lot of aspects of functional movement training. So we're looking at how do we load the asana appropriately so that we can build more stability in the postures and more strength and actually see our muscle definition change. Because if mm -hmm. we're just over specializing in yoga asana, we become over specialized in that as our sport. And so it's really important to have a comprehensive wellness coaching plan with a goal in mind. And so we're looking at how do we reverse engineer our movement goals, whether that's a mobility goal or strength goal or performance goal, and how can we get more functional and have more power in all of these, all of these positions. So essentially think of like a 60, 60 minute class, you're gonna be doing like yoga-based warmup in the first 20 minutes a 30 minute conditioning chunk where we're utilizing different hit protocols, high intensity interval training protocols. And we're learning how to move with the mace, generally just four to five exercises um, done in a progressive way, like the simplest one, then more complex moving through. Mm -hmm. um, 
yeah, so the conditioning chunk, 30 minutes, and then we follow it with loaded flow at the end where you get to do an actual like vinyasa flow with the mace in your hand. Mm -hmm. And then you take the mace away. So that final unloaded or un unweighted flow is really where the flow state pops in because you're like, whoa, everything got so much easier. My body knows exactly where to go. Everything's turned on. Yeah. So it's this very precise formula of prime condition and flow that over time we've seen everyday people that don't have a yoga background, they get better at yoga more quickly. They understand the postures more quickly because we're conditioning them and they're learning mm -hmm. the bite-sized chunks of these poses with a little load. So it's basically like the nerdiest version of yoga conditioning <laughs> you could ever imagine. <laughs> sprinkle in a little warrior, sprinkle in a little flow state, nerd science. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah, that is so cool. I've I've never seen a class like that. I've never been to a class like that. Are you the only person that kind of offers it? Or are you the only um is Flow Shala the only place or can it be found anywhere else? Sure. So Club L Yoga is definitely global. Still Mason mm -hmm. is a global program. Um we started Flow Shala in 2017 and we were the world's only flagship club bell and steel mace and, and rad mobility studio so yes it's very unique and i do a hundred hour teacher training and most of my clients are private one-on-one -on -one coaches mm -hmm. and so oftentimes they're working with just a private clientele or they're teaching workshops at their studio but as far as i know flow shala is the only you know like you walk in and everything steel mace vinyasa <laughs> like oriented mm -hmm. there's other like low intensity classes uh, but yeah, we're pioneering it and our virtual community is growing. We have members that train with us from all around the country and the world because we are the only studio. So mm -hmm. my, my hope is that more, you know, more flow shalas will pop up and we'll partner with other people. Um, but yeah, I think there's a, one of our students has a studio called Electrin in California and she's very, very into steel mace vinyasa. And then another um, coach Vinny in uh, Brazil just opened a studio, a flow studio. So it's happening, mm -hmm. but you know, it takes time. Yeah, that's going to be so exciting to see all of that just kind of flow and more people to get introduced to it because I know it'll be a hit and and to bring people back to the roots too is what's going to be most rewarding. I mean, at least that that's how I would feel. Um, do you think that it has the I know average yoga or the more more typical yoga is a combination, a lot of the mind, the breath taps into emotions a little bit as well. Would you say steel mace also taps into the emotional side or is it more physical? Um, that's a great question. So most people come to steel mace vinyasa because they're really attracted to the tool and they just want to like master the mechanics. Mm -hmm. But we slide in the somatic education <laughs> into it. All of the coaches that do our teacher training are educated on the fight or flight response and sympathetic versus parasympathetic nervous system and also tuning into somatic sensation while training. And so mm -hmm. I think that's really a big thing that differentiates our um, class protocols is that we are actually coaching not just woo or like feel like this generic blanket term of feel your mind body connection we're actually queuing for what is the somatic feedback coming from mm. each energetic center and so the way our studio works is we go through a six-week cycle of the chakras every single week we start with oh. <laughs> and we go to sacral chakra solar plexus heart throat and and then we combine the crown and third eye as the sixth week and so we're training on this consistent cycle to allow our students to condition that area. Because oftentimes um, if we've had trauma or if we are deconditioned in an area or um, we're just not in touch with our emotions in a certain area, 
through conditioning it, you have no choice but to actually activate the musculature around it. And so through actively activating the, the fascia as well as the musculoskeletal system in a particular area and then rooting down to the core, we start to cultivate a deeper relationship with somatic sensation. Mm. And so we systematically go through every six weeks each of those energetic centers from a non-dogmatic viewpoint that's very much science-based so that people that don't speak the language of you know chanting or spirituality of yoga mm -hmm. they're just building their toolbox for understanding what is somatic sensation and how can i pay attention to that area and condition it and then over time as the sh the layers of restriction start to lessen and you start to get more and more um, mobile in those areas and more expansive in those areas you start to tune into different things that show up so yeah it's very much a, a full well-rounded practice around that integrates flow state somatics and the kinesiology of yoga mm -hmm. i think that's a great bridge that you explain there for the people that don't speak the woo language so how <laughs> do i tap into that what am i feeling because it, it is hard to speak to a class that may not understand their emotions in their body and you know how emotions come up physically as well um so i think that's a great thing that you're doing and helping and guiding people to learn that on a little more simple level so what would a difference be between let's say a root chakra flow for the first week and like a heart chakra flow like what differences would be seen in a class like that root versus heart so for root um, root work, we're generally looking at how do we stand in the foot fascia and how does the foot fascia connect to the pelvic floor fascia? And we're mm -hmm. looking at the coccyx and then a lot of glute work. And so most yogis, if you look at yogis physiology or their body, you see that there's their backside oftentimes is really flat. Call it the pancake mm -hmm. yoga booty. <laughs> so it's because there's no, in, there's no call for engagement in that area. And there's no extra load and when we do our our squats and things like that or our lunges we're not calling upon this extra layer of like deep activation in the glutes and so root chakra is all about you know conditioning the glutes and impairing the glute activation with deep pelvic floor activation so i like i find that the the glute complex is truly like the powerhouse of our stance and so if our tail is tucked under because we don't have we have a yogi pancake bum because we've never mm -hmm. conditioned our glutes when the tail is tucked under that actually starts to map into our posture as fear so mm. think of a dog with a tail between the legs right mm. or if somebody breaks into your house you curl up into a ball right so there's this posture related with fear and so as you start to train that complex you're starting to empower your stance a bit more you're starting to really own like where you're at in in your body and so i think it's just really imperative to learn how to stand with good posture and really stand like a warrior and mm -hmm. then heart heart chakra might look like um a lot more shoulder work so a lot of folks have like shoulders rounded forward or limited shoulder range of motion or injuries from shoulders dislocations mm -hmm. and things like that <laughs> so shoulder i i pair uh, a lot of our um heart chakra work with either shoulder focus, so building arm endurance in all different ranges of motion, you know, priming the rotator cuff, allowing the scapula to wing and tip um, appropriately and freeing up the shoulder if they're gummed up, you know, working in ranges that don't cause pain or you to go into fight or flight. Um, so it's a lot of work with shoulders and then also thoracic spine mobility is huge in the heart chakra. And so mm -hmm. all we have probably over a hundred exercises that really like zone into all of these focuses and so we train 
thoracic mobility with things like side swings or twisted runner's lunge with the club. Or So imagine if you're doing training thoracic mobility, you might be doing like a lunge with your right leg forward, your left leg back, and then you have one hand on the ground and then you're holding your 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 club or your mace and you're just swinging up to vertical and then swinging mm -hmm. back down. So it's this tiny little bit of load that your thoracic spine gets to rotate in. And by recruiting the musculature in, in the obliques as well as um, loosening up dense fascia in the thoracic spine and activating the shoulders, what happens when you do like a 90 second interval, 45 seconds on each side of doing that repetition with a little bit of load, you can do things like the yogi lunge, the crescent lunge with twist a lot easier because you've primed that pattern and you've conditioned it and now the mm -hmm. asana is more accessible. So um, we start with the body as like the cornerstone of practice and then as students are ready they'll start to hear the other layers and especially our teachers in training like we're teaching that the deeper concepts throughout the mm -hmm. whole thing but it's yeah it's really just looking at like all right this body part is correlated to this chakra but there's all this musculature around it that i'm going to condition mm -hmm. into a, a facilitate a deeper mind body connection mm -hmm. so would you say that that's something that the going through the chakras each week is that something that you do more specifically at your studio or is that something that when people get the 100 hour training is that something that you advise them to do or kind of almost implement yeah so i i like the number six six and seven has kind of just been a flow for many different programs that i've done over the years because mm -hmm. the six week interval is like anybody can do anything for six weeks and so we've had versions of this move through the chakras implemented into like our six week challenge now it's just implemented into our membership and so yes we do want people to experience it that are not just yoga teachers and so they don't need to know all the ins and outs of it, but when you walk into the flow shala every Monday, there's going to be a new, you know, this is sacral chakra week. This like this week we did open hip conditioning because it's sacral mm -hmm. chakra, so it allows all of the coaches to kind of get on the same page and program design around the specific energetic center that we're focusing on, um, so that we can have some consistency and skill development versus just randomized classes. Because sometimes yeah. when you go to a yoga studio, it's like all the teachers have their own different style and they're all teaching different things and there's no like cohesion. And so mm -hmm. by us getting onto this six week cycle, it's transformed our membership. People are getting amazing results. And then every seventh week we do uh, a round of body weight conditioning where people get to do actual like aerobic and anaerobic testing. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, it's really combining like the physiology and the performance aspects of movement coaching with, with yoga. Mm -hmm. That's great because I I feel like your members definitely appreciate the kind of they, they almost know what to expect in a way because I know for me, I every time I travel, I like to travel a lot, go to different cities and I'll go to a new yoga studio. And even even through the description, I'm always hit with something that I'm like, I did not expect this kind of experience in here. Um even the ones nearby, I think it's great sometimes that different teachers have different things to offer. I mean, we're all human. We're all going to offer something different. But sometimes it's so drastic that it's hard to kind of go in there knowing I want to get this out of my practice, but I'm given something totally different. And of course, when you walk in as a student, it's also your job to create the intention. What am I going to get out of this? What do I want for myself? Um, but again, when it is so drastic, it can be very, very hard to kind of find that flow within. Um, so I'm sure your students really appreciate that. Um, I know that you've obviously started such a great business. 
Do you have any tips for people that would start opening or that want to start opening up a yoga studio or even an online business? Sure. So I do have a mentorship program. It's a hundred hour steel mace vinyasa teacher training. And this is the container that I do a lot of this coaching. So I'll share a bit on kind of what we do in there. Um, so a lot of yoga certifications offer just sequencing and learning the poses. And then you might do some practice within that, or you might do some practice hours after. There's not a ton of oversight. It's just kind of like honor system, do your own thing, get out there and teach. Mm -hmm. And so my mentorship and what I recommend is working with somebody that's really understands the science behind the poses and the science behind like yoga is a sport in a way because you're doing movement and there's a training effect that happens whether or not you want to call it a sport like you become what you practice. And so I think um, firstly, if you're wanting to start a yoga studio, really understanding on a deep, deep level people's needs around movement conditioning and um, and how to coach a safe class. So um, first thing would be make sure that you have that layer added in to prevent injury because a lot of folks will get injured at a yoga studio if their body's not conditioned enough to hold down dog even or even hold a push up or a chaturanga. Those are like the top three poses that people get injured in because they're coming into it without enough shoulder mobility and stability or, you know, not enough arm strength to hold their own body weight up and so that those those specific poses i've just noticed can be all over the place um yeah. so i'd say when you're thinking about starting a studio looking at it as like is this going to be strictly a yoga studio for yogis people that already understand yoga or am i going to create a movement studio where we're mm -hmm. non-dogmatic and we're welcoming and we're making it accessible to other folks as well mm -hmm. um, and then just kind of really designing like the ethos of the community that you want to build for when I started Flowshala, it was a lot of journaling and it was a lot of like a vision of like, you know, culture and connection and um, these non-dogmatic methods and this unconventional tool and making that really like keeping a high bar for movement education. And so these are all kind of the ethos that I built with Flowshala. And when I got into it, to be honest, I had no idea what it was going to be like. And we almost failed actually in our first year because I went from running a personal training business where I had about 20 clients that I managed on my own and then I would travel overseas and I'd had a couple other trainers that I had mentored and they would cover my, some of my sessions when I was gone but mm -hmm. to move from 20 private clients to 115 members took a lot of leveling up in business yeah <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure. always floored when people try to start a yoga studio with no business coaching which is pretty much what I did I like wrote a napkin plan of like all right I need a fifty thousand dollar loan to buy all the equipment and to open the doors. And I didn't know how to run payroll. I didn't know how to curate a schedule. I didn't know how to run annual membership. So there's just so much behind running a boutique studio. So I had to get some business coaching. So I worked with an organization that helped me learn how to optimize membership enrollments and ran this like six week challenge that was a, like a comprehensive wellness challenge with nutrition and mindset and um the movement piece and people got amazing results because i created this container where they had to compete against themselves and they had to attend three classes a week and they had to follow their nutrition they had to meditate they signed a contract that said i'm investing like it was six hundred dollars which was big money back then so like mm -hmm. six hundred dollars to do six weeks at flow shala and i have to actually commit to my practice of mind body and movement and so yeah. By week three, people were like, whoa, I'm following the nutrition plan and my gut is getting, my gut health is like better and I have no brain fog and I feel this energy and I just like, I'm motivated to come to class. 
And so it was just by like creating the container for them to have transformation. And they were going through the chakras too, because they had a, I had a separate online course. This is pre pandemic times. I have a mm-hmm. bunch of online courses. And so it was like pairing in the mindset and then like you, I required you have to meditate 10 minutes a day and journal and come to three classes a week and follow this nutrition plan. And you're going to lose either people, the boutique studio company I was working with is really focused on physique change. And I was floored because I was like, wow, these people are losing like 10 and 20 pounds within six weeks just by doing this yoga-based conditioning. Like, this is huge. I've never had this kind of results before in my personal training business. Yeah. So, yeah, just I'd say um, my tip would be if you're thinking about starting a studio, have a transformational program as like an onboarding because it's kind of like an initiation into your studio. Mm-hmm. And maybe even if you don't have a steel mesa vinyasa skill set, you know, think of how you could curate some form of an intro that's going to give them a high dose of your modality and you want to get them in there as many days as they can so they can experience change. Mm-hmm. So we do other we do other intros and things too. But I mean, I could go on for hours, for a long time about this. Of, um, I guess, yeah, just getting the coaching, getting the container right. And then annual memberships, like that's been a saving grace for us because then we have predictable income and our mm-hmm. members are committed to long-term growth. So I've actually eliminated class packs. I don't even do class packs at my studio at all. We're a member-based training community. And so I treat it kind of like how boutique fitness gyms or boutique CrossFit studios are member-based. And you can either do the unlimited month or you can do a drop-in for $25. But you're incentivized to do the membership. Either like you can even start with like a three-month shorter-term membership. It's like it's priced slightly differently. But Mm -hmm. I found because Steel Mace is so complex and it's a specialized tool that you're going to get the most out of it if you train frequently and you train long term. And so I think part of like what I'm seeing with as I run this teacher training is that yoga yoga teachers are are coming from this from like a mentality of I'm just a yoga teacher and I'm teaching sequences and it's for relaxation. But I think that more and more people that are coming to my training are realizing, whoa, I have this powerful tool at my fingertips that I can create a container for transformation. And so I coach my students to actually design programs for specialized populations that have chronic health conditions. So we are moving more in the direction of, you know, mental health, chronic fatigue, osteoporosis, um, scoliosis. We do program design for these high needs um, populations that are not necessarily just the folks you would see in a group class. They're people that really need one-on-one movement coaching to teach them the aspects of, you know, moving the body well, mindset, nutrition. Does that answer your question? Yes, that definitely answers the question. Thank you for being so thorough. When you touched on the transformation um, challenge that you have, I feel like that not only helps you and kind of set up a a better foundation, but it also helps the, the students because it's, choosing, hey, I'm putting money into this. When people put money into something, they're like, okay, shit, I actually have to go. I actually have to to go through with all of this. And that's um, at the place I work at now, there's a fitness class before. So a lot of my students do the fitness class and then they see me walk in and a lot of times they're like, I wasn't gonna stay, but I'm gonna stay now that you're here. And then after they're always like, I'm so happy that I did it. Like this really helped out, but it's, People oftentimes need that external push to to really commit to it. Um, so I think that's great for not only you, but for the clients as well. Um, and I saw on your page, and you talked about it a little bit before, that you've traveled all over the place and you've done a bunch of retreats. And that is such a cool lifestyle that you get to live. So 
That's awesome. What is your favorite part of teaching specifically retreats and outside of just the, the normal um, classes that you teach? Yeah, so I've really had to like look at how many hours a week I have available to do teaching. And so I actually took a break from teaching for two years to just focus on my teacher training and getting that container really tight. And mm -hmm. I was teaching four, or five, four to five classes a week um, when I was like at my max with social classes. And this was back before pandemic. We were wall to wall. People were doing the six week challenge. They were like telling their friends about it. Like we had a huge thriving member community and I loved teaching four days a week. And then I realized like, oh my gosh, there's only so much time in a week and I have two kids now. And so I had to really be focused. Oh. And so now <laughs> I, only, I taught one class a week for the longest time, but I've just added a second. So generally I'm behind the scenes, like running the business and I do my office hours bi-weekly and I do like website and social media audits for my hundred hour students. I'm really focused in on that. And then I actually started curating um, events with Mark Wildman, who's my colleague, um, partner in crime in teaching mm -hmm. Club Bells, Club Bells Steel Mason staff work. And so we, um, we started, he was in our teacher training as one of our faculty and we were doing this thing virtually throughout pandemic for about two years. And so um, through working with Mark, I've known Mark for probably 12, 15 years. I met him originally with back in the Club Bell organization with TACFIT. Um, so Mark and I were like, all right, we're ready to get in person. We've been doing this virtual thing for a while. Let's create a two and a half day format where people arrive and they fly here and they do like, we do like three to four hours on Friday just to get their hands on the tools and staff and stuff and they can get oriented to the space. And then we do two eight hour days on Saturday, Sunday. And we're seeing people were like shifting. They were going from walking in with like shoulders rounded forward, kind of like sh shifty eyes, like nervous and <laughs> sympathetic to like walking out after Sunday at the end of the day, like warriors, like chest proud, like they looked accomplished. And so yeah, we've been just like, really, we've been just playing with this and, and refining it. We're really big on like um, really program design. So when we look at program design for these two and a half and five day retreats, they go in a progression that is designed to actually sh change your brain. And so we want people to come in and slowly bit by bit get the skills to understand how movement correlates to self-defense and weaponry and um, loaded asana conditioning and flow state. And so we're just giving, we're just taking them on a, a journey. Like, you know, it, it waves itself. It goes like staff, uh, then still mace vinyasa, then heavy clubs, and then back to staff. <laughs> you still mace mm -hmm. vinyasa, heavy clubs. So it's kind of like through this cycle where you're spending about an hour or maybe an hour and a half on each modality and moving through. And there's very, there's very little like rest time in between and then we switch off so it's he and i it's like i'm rested and i can come to my next hour segment he rests during mine and so we're just like we we've got like 15 years experience teaching this stuff each and so 30 years combined and we we are probably the world's like most experienced teachers in this and we really want to help people walk away from these seminars and these retreats with a new perspective on how to move the body and why and like really mm -hmm. deep deeply like what was your body designed to do like we were, we are humans. We have thumbs. Our bodies were designed to throw things and to strike things. <laughs> that's mm -hmm. what makes us unique. And that's what, um, you know, if you look at throughout human history, like that is the thing that makes us different from other, anybody else in the animal kingdom. And so to really reclaim these, um, this like ancestral origins of how the body is meant to move, you see people's physiology change. It's, it's rad. So we've mapped out our whole year. We've got 
three retreats that are five-day intensives. We've got one in Orcas Island happening in August. We have another in Bali in October. We have another in Thailand mm -hmm. in uh, 20, early 2024. And then we're going to London next week to do a two and a half day uh, this February. And then we're researching a castle in Scotland to bring it back to its roots. You know, a lot of the Viking warriors, a lot of the folks out there in that part of the world <laughs> We're literally taking mace and breaking down doors. So we're bringing it to this. Hopefully we'll book this castle. It's a huge estate. Um, it's going to be kind of our bespoke uh, retreat to just, mm -hmm. yeah, just into kind of the most rad environments to help people have transformational change. That sounds so exciting. You're living the life of a pioneer. Like you said before, I love it. And I'm so excited for you and all that's coming your way. I feel it. And I'm excited. Um, what would you say is your most memorable experience, whether it be from a retreat or maybe just from one of your classes as both a student and a teacher? Oh my gosh. Um, I'll just draw upon the recent Thailand retreat. <laughs> so Mark and I took a chance to go to this retreat center that was brand new and it was actually our friend's property. So she, it wasn't like a retreat center where you know they've been doing a bunch of retreats you know with like a mm -hmm. big hotel or something this is like a private retreat center with a hotel it was brand new it was like literally getting electricity and wi-fi like the week before wow. <laughs> and we arrived and we kind of were like okay is this going to be ready like is this going to work out and our friend had been investing a bunch of money into this building this center so um yeah the mem i guess the memory of like are we going to be able to pull this off? And we're like, yes, we can do this. We can work with it. Once we arrived, we're like, all right, there's electricity. Most of the showers are working. But it was the, it was like a high-end boutique retreat center. And we had the whole thing private to ourselves. And then you walk across the street and there was this like pagoda that was like an octagon with like rice fields off in the distance. And then next door to that was the organic restaurant with like there was bison and, you know, organic gardens and everything. You could like walk out on these little platforms and we went to temples and yeah so i'd say the most memorable experience was um t t doing our first five day after we'd already workshopped the 2.5 days and just expanding that um mm -hmm. that container of transformation and at hearing our students every single day at that be like this is the best thing ever this feels like i'm a kid again like i'm playing i'm like i'm so glad i came and they're just so grateful because they took the time and they invested in themselves and they trained a little bit before not a ton but they trained a little bit before coming and yeah i think just a lot of people are like we're coming back next year and they were like tell your friends and they're like no oh, we just want to keep this to ourselves and we're like guys mm -hmm. we have room for 20 people next year like just tell your friends yeah. and so yeah it was just cool to see like day one oh gosh okay this is yeah i had a i just had a wild experience on day one because jet lag is a thing do not yes. give your students thai iced tea after um, doing a heavy club workout in the sun when they're coming down from jet lag. <laughs> Let's just say that was <laughs> So seeing the pr the progression of day one of like people just barely able to like stand up straight to like day six of like these people are badass warriors, like swinging staff, swinging clubs, mm -hmm. like moving like ninja warriors. It was cool. So that was my favorite memory. <laughs> That's awesome. That sounds like so much fun. And what what would be your favorite memory as a student? Like something that you were in a class or you were learning something, you were like, shit, I'm taking this with me my whole life. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually started practicing yoga um, 
only only yoga. I had to actually put my stale mace vinyasa practice or really scale it down when I was pregnant with my second child because my mm -hmm. joints just couldn't handle like a lot of impact. And even just standing in like warrior poses without load was like enough for me. And so, yeah, an experience was I was training with my friend Claire who owns the Bellingham Yoga Collective and I was taking a lot of her classes and I was like, she had a trip coming to, up to Bali. And so I signed up for it because tickets were really cheap back then. And she was giving me a discount because I was gonna bring my baby. And so my partner, I got to split the fee. And so she hooked us up and she's awesome for that. So I think just taking the time to go to a retreat in Bali as a student, and we spent a month in Bali with my, gosh, she was like seven months old at the time with my with my daughter, and we traveled around and went to all these other places, and so we really took advantage of the time together to connect as a family, and so it allowed me a lot of space to just observe what a retreat container can look like, and her mm -hmm. container is very different from my container, but. I just remember like the dedicated two practices a day that she offered really helped me with like my mindset of getting in the rhythm of this is a daily practice. Yoga is a daily practice. Movement is mm -hmm. a daily practice. So yeah, I just, I think just having those times where, you know, you have that moment where you're like, should I go to practice or should I skip it? And it's just like, mm -hmm. just go, just get there and the teacher will take care of the rest. Even if you lie in Savasana for half of the class, like at least you got there and now you're like connected mm -hmm. to your breath and you, you put your device and your phone down for like an hour or whatever, like just yeah. get there, show up and take the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I always tell my students because I, I work at a gym. So a lot of people come in timid and they're like, but what if I can't do a headstand? And I'm like, I'm not putting you in the headstand. You just started. Yeah. Don't worry. It's okay. But one thing I always try to tell them is if you want to be in child pose, if you want to be in Shavasana, if you want to, to sit in a butterfly pose, the whole class, I, will not judge you like no one in this room is going to be worried about you doing what feels best for you and that's the most important part just showing up all you got to do is show up and then the rest is going to be it's going to be what it's going to be and that's really it um so that's great and i'm glad you had that opportunity i've been dying to go to bali my friend just booked her flight to go not for a yoga retreat but she's going she does like dive stuff so she's taking a month there to do some cool dive videos and work on just like building her online business with scuba stuff don't really know what that's about but <laughs> i know it's super cool <laughs> um and then the question that i always ask people at the end is if you were to be in front of the entire world and everyone's listening to you and they're paying attention what would you share with them you could take a second <laughs> yeah that's a big one yeah um, i would ask them i would say um do you have a flow practice and if you don't find more things that put you into a state of flow because mm -hmm. flow will truly heal your body if you have you know trauma in your body if you have fear of expressing yourself, if you have other fears, financial insecurity, scarcity, the more you can get your your brain waves and your body into a state of flow, the more you're going to be able to overcome these things that don't serve you. Mm -hmm. And so I would just encourage anybody that's wanting to get more into flow psychology, the neuroscience of flow, just start researching. There's so many like podcasts and leading writers and authors that are exploring this topic and that's why i named the studio the flow shala it means house of flow because i want people to understand the intersection of mind and body 
because oftentimes you go to a personal trainer or a yoga studio for the body stuff, usually a personal mm -hmm. trainer, for body, and then you go to your psychologist or therapist for the mind. Mm -hmm. But we as movement educators have the opportunity to facilitate a merging of body-mind together. And I think it's through the vehicle of flow. And that can be intrinsically rewarding and it can be very healing and expressive. Like I never thought I would be an artist and now I do flow art. Like I actually mm -hmm. do dance performances at the local circus guild and I have like costumes and everything. And I've been doing that for probably about four years. It's really helped me tap into a different layer of creativity for myself and expression um, to be able to learn these movements and just very freeing and very empowering. Mm -hmm. Wow. I love that. That's definitely going to sit in my mind the rest of the day. I already feel from talking to you just like, a calming flowing energy so you definitely exude what you preach which is very rare and very beautiful to experience so i want to say thank, thank you, you so much for joining me for teaching me so much i got a lot to soak in <laughs> there's going to be a lot that i'm going to be researching um do you have um any steel makes videos on youtube yeah so the places you can find my work um YouTube's a good starting point. So search Summer Huntington on YouTube, subscribe. I try to put out new content on there um, quite often and lots of like testimonials and in visuals mm -hmm. and like teaching tutorials. Um, but the be second best place, the best place honestly is gonna be going to Flowshala and try like a month unlimited flow. We have like a 30 day flow challenge that's happening now. And usually there's some version of like a month unlimited and try to come as many times as you can in a month and just see how it impacts your regular yoga practice or other things that you do. Um, yeah, and Gabrielle, I definitely am gonna hook you up with a month, a month of training with us at the virtual studio. And we are a hybrid studio, so we actually coach you. Like we have a big screen and there's like a grid and our coaches are trained to actually identify power leakages and give you real coaching cues in real time. And so it's a little different than some yoga studios where you just watch a video recording and nobody's there on the other end. It's like here you feel the energy of like the coach knows you by name. They know your injuries. They know where you're coming from. Like they truly want mm -hmm. you to be successful and grow. Uh, we're very growth oriented. Um, and there's I do have a bunch of online courses on the Flowshala website, but those are more for our teachers and training. So, yeah, I'd say just start with actual virtual coaching or on demand. Yeah yeah oh my gosh i really want to do one so thank you i appreciate that yeah. and where else can people find you besides youtube and the website or are those the the main main places um i have instagram so you can find me on summer huntington uh on instagram and then i have Flowshala instagram too send me a dm i have probably 100 dms going at any given time generally about the teacher training and then my embodying flow coaching um, which is like a somatics-based program that I have curated where it's helping people really map the empowerment piece of how the, how the steel mace transfers into empowerment, especially in female-bodied folks. I love it. Well, thank you so, so much. Very grateful to have met you, to have spoken to you, to have learned so yeah. much. And good luck with all of your retreats and all of your experiences. Thanks, Gabrielle. It's a pleasure to meet you. And I look forward to watching this and sharing it out on our channels as well. Of course. Thank you.